What is up, good people? Welcome to Red Voices. Thanks for stopping by as we blast our way through a pretty exciting week in the life of Martialis... Uh, sorry, Manchester United. Sorry. Wow, so easy to get those two confused. On the first half of this week's episode, I've got James on this nondescript Thursday night, and tomorrow I'll be grabbing Rich to sift through the Oval game. God, we better not lose that one. Jimbo, where to start? Beating Burnley, signing Alexis Sanchez, selling Henrik Mkhitaryan, Jose's new deal, or the big news of the week, Leeds United's uh, bold new choice of logo? Yeah, it's not been a bad week, has it? With um, I think we're very lucky to to be talking on after such a busy week, but ultimately a, an excellent week. So um, yeah, like you say, rounded off by the Leeds disaster. Although I have seen some people <laughs> some people say that it was all a ploy to get uh, publicity for the club, but um, I very much doubt that. So, um, but yeah, they um, they stumbled into a bit of a disaster. So that's always good to see Leeds um, struggling and being fail. Bad. Yeah, absolutely, big fail. So um, yeah, back to the to the real news and yeah really good week yeah indeed i mean it's almost partridge levels of terrible that logo and i do get the concept of it maybe being a grand elaborate publicity stunt but it's also just as likely from a leeds perspective that that might be real and that that's very enticing let's let's Lip back to uh, saturday's game at turf Moor. you know saturday three o'clock kickoff somewhat a novel thing over the last what <clears throat> couple of years or so and a game that could probably be best characterised in the sense that it was much more about the eventuality and the actual performance itself. 1-0, uh, great goal by Martial, but not a heck of a lot to talk about otherwise, really. Yeah, couldn't agree more. It was always a tough place to go. So I think before the game, you know, the optimistic people amongst us probably thought, well, you know, we're playing well, we'll we'll score a few goals, this sort of thing. But I think deep down, you take a 1-0, get home, try not to have any injuries and um you know forget the game almost happened and i think that pretty much played out exactly that way pretty solid defensively um jones and smalling were pretty good probably just about the one or two chances we had we put you know the one away from uh martial absolutely brilliant finish considering he sort of gave the keeper the eyes whipped it into that near post funnily enough when i first saw it i saw seeing it live i thought he'd blast it over the bar and the street pixelated a bit and you sort of think well has it gone in and then he's, he's running away in celebration. So, yeah, no, it's a really great finish. Um, like I say, professional performance, just getting the win and getting out. And although the last 10 minutes were a bit sort of hairy and remind us a bit of the Leicester last 10 minutes and you sort of almost felt that there's going to be a sting in the tail with a, a last minute, um, you know, set piece goal. But, you know, defence stood, you know, solid and got the three points and move on and we don't talk about it too much and job done, really. True, a couple of bits and bobs to take from it. I thought, as you mentioned there, Phil Jones in particular was superb. You know, that's uh, this is arguably at the moment his most consistent season in terms of his availability and performance-wise. I think he's been relatively solid throughout. You know, I can't think of an absolutely stinking performance that springs to mind at the moment. And I thought, despite the fact that he's been playing alongside Chris Smalling, who has arguably had a lot more football than him over the last couple of seasons. I thought he looked the more confident one. I thought he looked more like the one who was in charge and a bit more of a presence at the back. He dealt with everything very well. And it was great to see. And I think in particular, one of the aspects that really needs to be talked about, because everyone is so quick to jump on Lukaku when he's not scoring goals, the service to him on Saturday was so, so bad. <laughs> and you've really got to thank him for the way that he set Martial up. You know, his, he made that goal. It was excellent work to win the ball back. And great pass, even though he fell over at the end of it. You know, he did a superb job of setting that up. And how two times, I think it was, you know, Pogba running through the in the second half after the break 
and just no one seemed willing to slip the Kaku in. And I don't think his finishing has been that bad over the last month or so that he didn't he wasn't worthy of some better service. And I think partially one of the reasons why Mourinho was a bit reluctant to push United further ahead was because we have seen how United can struggle in these situations with a tight lead. And his natural instinct seems to be to try and shut the game down. And for the most part, we did that okay. You know, how long are we going to be able to keep doing that when we start coming up against better teams? Potentially, you know, fingers crossed in the last, say, the Champions League and later on as the season progresses. But as you said there, difficult place to go. Glad to have gotten the win and a lovely, lovely goal by Martial. So, yeah, three points and that's happy days. But, uh, yeah, the bigger news of the weekend, I think it was... Gosh, what was it? I think it turned out into Monday evening, was it? Yeah, Monday 6 o'clock, I think. Yeah, Monday 6 o'clock. Gosh, we might not be the best team in the world at the actual, you know, football thing, but in terms of player announcement videos, we are very bloody good, aren't we? Yeah, we nailed that one. I think, um, as we were talking before, it it just sort of hit all the right notes, not just that he was playing a piano, clearly mimicking mimicking your good self, who's um, clearly a very talented pianist. And um, yeah, it just oh, wow. uh, just That's little true. things they sort of picked up clearly that I didn't realise that Sanchez was a bit of a, a fine uh, musician in, in that sort of sense as well. So they sort of picked up on that and then using that and you seeing him in the changing rooms, going out onto the pitch, you know, the whole um, exhalation of the air as he as he sort of took in the surroundings and just, yeah, it, just, it was just pitched really well. It wasn't naff, whereas these things often can be. It was just, just really good sort of goosebumps sort of moment really watching it and you you end up sort of watching it three or four times and you think well you know a grown man of my age really shouldn't be um getting so giddy over a new signing but (laughs) you know by the looks of it everyone else was in the same sort of boat so um yeah i didn't feel quite so so embarrassed but no it was um it was sad exactly um but there we go it was it was excellent and just sort of built up that anticipation of hopefully a a debut to uh, tomorrow night so yeah really good stuff yeah, it was, it, as you said, it really did hit the right notes. It was incredibly emotive as well. You know, the execution of it, as you said there, it was really, really well pitched. It didn't feel forced. It felt quite genuine. And seeing, you know, Alexis take in the surroundings of Old Trafford, empty as it was, all lit up, just him there really to enjoy. It was a really nice moment. I thoroughly enjoyed watching that video. And you did get the sense Regardless of the fact that we hear this from players quite a bit, you know, it's such an honour to be if United. I've always wanted to play for United. I guess you could say to a certain extent, you did feel like Alexis gets the club and gets the actual gravity of the move, you know. And I think partially because the majesty or perhaps the magic of moving to Manchester United might have dimmed somewhat in the couple of years since Alex Ferguson's retirement. It was nice to see that come back again. And... You know, Mourinho was talking about him very, very encouragingly in his press conference today, talking about how he feels like he complements our attack, completes it to a certain extent. He's got some great options in this, in the form of Martial, Rashford, Mata, Lukaku. And Lingard really does need to be added in there as well. Yeah. But just, just so clear, because he's done pretty damn well this season, as we keep on saying, even though, as Rich and you continue to say, you're not his biggest fan. But regardless, the way that the deal has been done in the sense that we have you know, I guess it's not the nicest way to describe it, but we fobbed off a player who really wasn't well suited to Manchester United in his current guise and brought in a player who could be perfect for us and complement what we already have and arguably take us on to another level if we're able to sort a couple of bits and bobs in midfield and now back four out. I think it's wonderful. And it really looks like now we are starting to look like a proper, exciting and exceptionally talented unit. He kind of takes us up another level or two, doesn't he? 
absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. He's, he's just got that X factor that we haven't got anybody like that. Um, as Mourinho said today, you know, he can play in any of the positions along the front, you know, left, centre, um, you know, behind the front man to the right, where I think probably will maybe play certainly in the early days as he settles in. So it just ticks all the boxes. You knew as soon as he joined Arsenal, you know, from Barcelona, you you just thought you'd a bit of a sigh because you thought this guy was, was made for United and it didn't look like either we weren't in for him or it wasn't, you know, the right time or he didn't he didn't want to move up north, that sort of thing. But you just feel time's right now. He's at his peak, you know, 29, I think. And although that's, you know, that's on the right side of, of being productive for, for sure, although he has got a lot of miles in his legs in terms of the amount of football he's played, I just think we're getting him at his peak. He does look happy to be there in terms of, you know, the the whole, you know, I've always supported United, wanted to be there. Sometimes can feel a little forced and, you know, I think he overegged it a little bit, but... You know, mm. you, you felt that there was some sort of genuine feeling there, and certainly the video gave you that because there was that moment when he he sort of exhales the the cold air, sort of you can see it sort of coming into the into the sky, and you just felt that was genuine. It wasn't a forced, you know, act sort of moment. It was it was genuine. So um, I think he's got a lot to prove as well, which is always a good thing because I think he clearly has stagnated at Arsenal for the last twelve months, probably even eighteen months, and. You know some stories. Three years. Yeah, absolutely. He hasn't. He hasn't. You know, this guy. He's a winner. He he needs to win trophies, and clearly, FA Cup isn't gonna isn't gonna satisfy that. So, it made sense. His next move had to be almost his last big move, and um, obviously, we all thought he was going to City, and he was gonna get the trophies that way. But I think the thing that was overplayed was the fact of him, or he goes to City and he gets an easy Premier League win in the first season. Well, from his point of view, he's not gonna feel like he's contributed to that. So. Is that really the, the sort of joy that he wants? I think he wants to to be part of it. That's the the whole point of it. He's not gonna. He's gonna feel pretty hollow at a city end of season, you know, trophy celebration, thinking he's he's okay, he's contributed, but they've they've won it before Christmas. So, yeah, it's you think he's really got something to prove, and I think towards the end of the season now he's really gonna really gonna you know show us what uh, what we've bought, and it's gonna be great for the next few few years to see how he develops and links in with all the the other great players. Hmm. I think a lot has been said over the last 10 days or so about the way the media's covered this deal. And a lot of it has been quite sanctimonious and not particularly edifying. I mean, the sense that, you know, he's choosing money over trophies is just ridiculous. You know, it seemed based on what you can never pull too much out of these sort of sanitized club interviews. But to a certain extent, you did get the sense that Sanchez was basically imitating United simply wanted me more and I think that's incredibly key considering that this is going to be essentially Sanchez's last major contract because his 30s are creeping up on him and I think the one element that has not really been discussed too much this week or barely at all from what I've seen is the fact that it's a significantly bigger risk for him to go to United at the minute than it's the City. You know, you said it right there. City are almost definitely going to win the league this season. It would be a really, really easy decision to move there, pick up a Premier League medal in come May, say you contributed, and win your first league title, considering that you just spent, what, three and a half years, is it, over at Arsenal, four and a half years, whatever it is, essentially never getting anywhere near that. But he's chosen to come to United, a team that is, whilst definitely on the up, considering where we are this season, still something of a work in progress. City look very close to the finished article at the moment. United aren't quite there, but they're getting there. And I think 
it's quite exciting and interesting that Sanchez decided to make that choice. And there must have been something in the sales pitch that Mourinho United gave him, beyond you're going to get a load more Twitter followers, <laughs> that has turned his head. And, you know, it, it's a certainly the, you know, the romantic element of coming to United certainly doesn't seem to have dimmed when it comes to Sanchez. And that is great to see. And it is going to be really exciting to see how he lines up. You know, you think about the games that we've got coming up. Yeovil, you know, Touchwood should be a rather interesting introduction for him. And his first game of massive significance is going to be a way to Spurs at Wembley yeah. next week, which is, I mean, what a occasion that could be. That's going to be wonderful. How do you think it's going to work with Sanchez up front, though, James? In terms of position, um, as I said, I, th- I think he'll he'll start from the right, but obviously with a with a license to roam like the others have got. To be honest, with you know Martial is starts from the left, but he ends up in the centre quite a lot, and so I think they'll be fairly flexible. Um, I would have thought certainly in the bigger games and Spurs being the obviously the first big game that Mourinho will move to like a four three three with Herrera, probably Matic and, and Pogba there just to. Um, you know, give us a bit more solid base in midfield, and therefore it'll be a, the three up front. More than likely, will be Sanchez, Lukaku, and, and Martial. I would have thought, which is just those three. That's just sounds incredibly exciting. And you put Pogba behind it, freed up from most defensive responsibility, and you've got a pretty potent attack there. But that does sound a bit sort of anti-Mourinho almost. So you do wonder if he'll perhaps rein that in a little bit, and you'll see, you know, the, the more defensive choice of maybe of Lingard, possibly something like that. As, as part of it, but I just can't see Mourinho going in with the with the two against uh, Spurs for sure. But you know, going for, further forward, there'll be certainly times where he can rotate Lukaku out and give him a break and put Sanchez up as as, as the lone sort of front man really because he plays that role really well and certainly probably had his best season for Arsenal there. I think he scored about thirty goals when he was in that role, so we're not losing out there. Um, and that also means that he can you know rotate Lukaku when he needs to. So. There's a number of possibilities, and he also could obviously come in at left on the left-hand side, and um, Martial can obviously have a break, or he can play up front, or Rashford can play there. So there's just you know just gives him options, and that's all. You, as a manager, that's all you want. So it's just going to be great to see how it all plays out and how they all mix in together. And you know, it's not going to be shouldn't be a problem. He's used to the Premier League. It's just yeah, as you can only see it as a as a positive, and that it's going to be a, a great move and really exciting for the for the fans. I think. Hmm. I mean, equally exciting are the other two signings that we've also made in tandem this week. I'm sure you'll agree. Which are? Atom and Humber. Oh, excellent. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm expecting a link up with sort of Pedigree Chum in the next um, next few days if Pedigree Chum is still going. Are they, am, am I showing my uh, my age there? But... <laughs> oh, no, I've got you there. I, I, don't know what the um, I mean, that's been the most exciting follower this week. All right, finally following Alexis on social media channels was great, even though in all these instances, I never actually do it until the deal is confirmed. But good grief, there are pictures of his dogs in United kits. <laughs> I never knew how much I needed this content until I had it. It's a yeah. wonderful day. I'm sort of wondering if they can possibly play left back and right back, you know, be the new sort of uh, De Silva twins. De Silva twins. <laughs> yeah, clearly got good engines on them. They fit the shirt well. You know, you could see them going up and down that, you know, full back area. I think there's definitely some promise in there. So good signing and hopefully they're on long contracts as well because I think they're they're looking for that last sort of move of their careers they don't want to be moving back to, to Chile <laughs> too soon so yeah they're promising youngsters I think do you reckon it factored something into Ed's, Ed's thinking when he came up with the you know the pitch for this deal when he started thinking I reckon I can get those dogs involved in something yeah apparently if you look closely at the 
Sanchez's um, video, both dogs are in the corner, um, actually having a pee on the on a corner flag. So they've been sort of banned from from Old Trafford, apparently. So, um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, you imagine they've sort of um, left a message or a um, a little um, surprise in the goalpost or something. But yeah, I mean, sure to be fair, I'd rather have them taking corners than most of our team at yeah, the minute. Let's be honest, we're rubbish at them. Absolutely, but um, no, you can imagine Woodward thinking, how can we how can we put them into the um, into the plan for sort of marketing in the next couple of years. There'll definitely be something. There'll be a, a tie-up with some some sort of um, dog product of, of some sort. So yeah, should it be should be all good fun. But the sort of thing we laughed at Arsenal fans for making a big thing of it, and yet now we've got him, we're doing the same. So you know, it's all good fun, and um, let's see what happens. Two very good doggos, I think we'll all agree. Uh, quick word on the gentleman that went the other way, Henrik Mkhitaryan. Um, I have. It's been interesting to gauge the reaction of United fans. You know, some people were seemingly sending a lot of misplaced anger through the internet. I know, wild, right? <laughs> uh, when they assumed that Mkhitaryan was essentially holding up the deal, when, to be fair, it just seemed like it took a while to, to cross the T's and dot the I's. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, looking at the deal itself, swapping Alexis Sanchez for, Mkhitar- for Henrik Mkhitaryan is wonderful work. Well played, you know, on United's board for getting through that. That's a wonderful deal to engineer, considering that Mourinho clearly just didn't trust in Mkhitaryan to be able to deliver anything too much at the end of this season um in terms of Mkhitaryan himself you know absolutely crucial to our Europa League success last season and he has definitely got my thanks and I'm very grateful for his effort there a huge goal in the final over in Stockholm and United needed just to solidify and make sure that we got through that game and got through it we did he was really important for us throughout that campaign as a whole, I find it kind of difficult to be too overly emo- emotional about it, really. It's just purely because the last few months have just shown that he's so dwarfed by the club. And I know there's some short-termism there, because we've seen Luke Shaw really struggle in the United Show over the last 18 months at various different points. And I don't want to preach this short-termism to say that, okay, if you've had a bad couple of months, then you're out on your ass, because I think it's ridiculous. But I can't honestly think of a better situation for Mkhitaryan than to go to a club like Arsenal and for us to get the player that we're getting back in return, someone who is better suited to Mourinho's you know, blood and fire approach. I think Mkhitaryan arguably in a way is better suited to Arsenal in a way that he was never quite going to be at United. Yeah, I, I can't agree more. I think it's sort of the perfect club. I think I said it um, a few weeks ago when it was first sort of mooted that it was possible that Mkhitaryan would go the other way in the deal and He's made for Arsenal, and the fact that he's you know nice to watch occasionally when the pressure's off, he's he's really good. But when the pressure comes on, you know he tends to wilt. And I think we saw that in the, the Premier League games this season. He had that sort of six to eight game sort of stretch where he was abysmal, and that was he just lost all confidence. He couldn't pass to a teammate, and just looked you know like he was almost crying to be taken off at some point. I think even that that Chelsea game, I think the camera panned in on him when the subs board went up people sort of said you could see it in his eyes he wanted that his number to come up and it you know that's a uh, sort of a mentally weak thing that Mourinho will will pick up on and think you know I can do without you you're you know you're a good player when the times are, are going well but can I really rely on you when the when the chips are down I, I think he saw something in him that thought no I can't and the option was ideal for Arsenal because they were looking for a replacement didn't want to probably spend money looking for someone that perhaps wasn't proven in the Premier League and although Mkhitaryan isn't at least he's aware of the league and isn't going to take too much time to settle so no doubt he'll he'll do okay for them I don't think he'll pull up too many trees but he'll be nice and you know nice football but then when the pressure comes on I think he'll um he'll revert to type so yeah I just think it's a great deal we haven't spent any 
any you know a penny of of money extra in terms of sort of transfer fee. I know obviously wages will be a little bit more, but Ibrahimovic will come off the wage bill in the summer. You know, Carrick's wages will come off Fellaini maybe as well. And yeah, it's just complete win-win for the club. And it's Arsenal fans trying to spin it as as they've come out of the deal well. Well, not for me. And I think we've got the a world-class player and got rid of one we didn't want. So yeah, win-win really. Yeah, I don't think Arsenal have done terribly out of the deal. No. I think Mkhitaryan could do quite well for them. But I think, you know, there's definitely the element that it was almost more important for them to get Sanchez off the books, considering he had six months left, considering that he had clearly just been Arsenaled and the players around him were struggling with that. I think it makes sense for him to have left now. And I think that, you know, as you said there, we haven't, we've essentially just given a player a pay rise, really, in terms of what we've done with our own money. And I think that's really worthwhile noting. You know, people were talking about the ridiculous fees for this person who's got six months left on his deal. Well, yeah, but we've just swapped them. So it works out real well. I'm very happy with it. In terms of not spending £35 million, well done, Manchester United. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. It's um, all worked out well for everybody. And yeah, we're we're ready for the, for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's sort of feel-good factor with Mourinho as well signing his contract. That's really, you know, boosted the club and the, the way sort of feel good factor around the around the team in general. Yeah, nice segue there. I appreciate that, Jack. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let, let, let's have a quick chat about uh, Mourinho's new contract then. So that kind of that's extended now until 2020, I believe. Considering that there were some murmurs uh, about what a month ago and there did seem to be some awkward periods throughout this season. It's nice to have that sorted to a certain extent. I don't know necessarily how important it is even though he had, what, 18 months left on the deal that he signed back in 2017, sorry, 2016, I think it certainly gives United a little bit more security, but I do think that basically Mourinho is going to go when Mourinho wants to go. I don't necessarily think it's going to be United who are the ones who are really going to be driving that too much. But regardless, it's nice to see that there is still this feeling between the club and the manager that they want to push this. They want to drive this and they do want to continue on together. You know, I think he is easily the best manager that we've had since Ferguson's come in. You know, he is the best placed at the moment, considering the players that he's brought in to provide United with a route to the top level and the level that United really do aspire to. So... It's an encouraging step. How important it is, I guess, will be measured in where we are in a year's time, depending on what we've won and depending on how close we can get to City next season. But an encouraging step, yeah? Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. It's it's like you say, contracts are pretty, you know, worthless in this day and age. If if you know this time next year we're struggling um, in the league somewhere, then he's is likely to to either walk away or or be fired as as he is to stay so it's you know it doesn't really mean too much but it's just that security of knowing you're going into perhaps next summer where they're going to need some more players coming in and knowing the manager's going to be there whereas you know he was fluttering his eyes at PSG and you you always wonder but this just shows his commitment the club's commitment to him his commitment to the club and yeah you just move on and knowing that he and he looks he looks happy you can always tell you know, he's miserable, but it was only before Christmas and you could see where he was perhaps thinking, well, I'm not going to get any money in January or I'm not going to get the players I want and he flirts a bit with PSG to think, maybe put a bit of pressure on and, you know, we didn't like it at the time, but you sort of think, well, if he's got what he wants at the end of the day and it's to the benefit of of the fans as well because we, we you know, you look out there, there is no other manager fit to lace his boots that's, that could come in and replace him. So why not stick with a serial winner, give him the money he wants and 
jobs are good and for the for the next sort of year or two at least. So like you say, there's no guarantees, but you just feel he's the he's the best man for the job, and it just rounds off the the feel good nice you know week that we've had. And yeah, ever the club should absolutely be bouncing into tomorrow. And you know, maybe um, we're looking at a a comfortable win against Yeovil. The might of Yeovil should um, <laughs> yeah go down fairly. But yeah, you could just see a a really good performance tomorrow and. Just sort of like, like I say, the, the the real important stuff comes next week with with Spurs. So it just sort of takes it on from there, and everything in the in the club is rosy at the moment. So we're just waiting for the next crisis, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's true. I'm enjoying this nice happy period at the moment. I, I don't know if you've been looking at Instagram lately, but United seem to have this ultra competitive, enjoyable sort of five, six, seven aside game going on in training at the moment. And they seem all very, very intent on winning. It, they are taking it super duper seriously. And it is very, very funny. So, for instance, they're bantering each other off and saying, oh, don't worry, Andy, you'll win the next one. And then Andy will reply with a middle finger emoji. It's very <laughs> enjoyable. Yeah, it's just, it's it's good for the, you know, it's fun for the fans and everything to, to see that sort of thing. But it, you can see the spirit is better than any time, you know, like you said, post-Fergie. And that helps, you know, fair enough, you've got to have talent to build a, a decent team but we've got good spirit in the dressing room everyone gets on by the, the looks of it really well and Sanchez you think well he's going to settle in really fairly well I know he doesn't speak English but there's enough you know Spanish speakers in there to um to help him settle in and I think he'll yeah there won't be any problem with that and he's not going to upset the dressing room like clearly he was agitating a bit at Arsenal and upsetting a few but because he's a winner and Arsenal aren't a winning club and they haven't got a winning mentality so he's going to thrive and that spirit is only just gonna gonna improve as as you know the months go on, and we perhaps maybe progress into deeper into competitions like Champions League that we didn't think perhaps we would, because now I think that puts us into possible you know semi final territory where we were talking perhaps a few weeks ago and thinking well if we got round if we got into the quarterfinals we'll be doing well. So you just wonder with that addition of Sanchez could we push on there? And you never know. You get to semi finals and a bit of luck here and there, an injury to, to another player or another team. And you can you can be in the final, and then who knows? But that's you know dreams at the moment. But you know you just wonder that 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 effect that could galvanise the dressing him into a a real push towards the end of the season. Sure, I mean you look at the mood at the minute, and it feels like things are a bit more possible than they would seem about a week ago. I guess. Yeah, spot. It's going to be interesting to see how the next couple of weeks pans out. You know, I think you look at the Champions League in particular, the, the teams that are in there at the moment. You know, regardless of the season that Real Madrid are having, and <laughs> speaking of which. Wow, <laughs> uh, you'd still say they're a credible threat for the competition, but yeah, I, I guess you know. Let's get past Sevilla and then let's talk after that. And that's coming from someone who wants United to win the Champions League every single time we're in it. You know, let's look at the fact that this is going to be our first knockout tie in the Champions League in four seasons, and the significance of that against Sevilla is not lost on us at all. I think that's going to be huge, and I think it's really important that United approach it in the right way. Sevilla might not be the best team in the world, but United do have to take it seriously, so here's hoping they do. Anyway, let's do a quick couple of questions to round up this first half. James, at Ole United, uh, Dave, to everyone else, who's the better left-back, Atom, Humber or Damian? Oh, well, we talked about that earlier, weren't we? Um... Oh, you've got to say one of the two canines, I think, uh, because Damien's hopeless. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure which one's which. It's like Adam and Humber is, you know, do they do they have a set position when they're photo? If like, um, like Ant and Deck, Ant's always on the left and Deck's always on the right. I don't know which one's which. I'm presuming Atom's on the left and Humber's on the right. But um, or maybe they're, uh, maybe they're the same one. They're just like a mirror image of each other, and there's only one dog. But no idea. But yeah, they both look like they could they could do a job down the, the left side better than better than Damien, That's for sure. 
Uh, at Roy Keane uh, asks, on a scale of 1 to 10, where 1 is Mourinho out and 10 is Dunk, Duncan Castles to the rest of us, where will you be on the scale if Mourinho somehow finds a way not to get Martial and Sanchez in the team together? Maybe state your starting position for context. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's not. That's a lot in one question. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to pass that back over to you, I think, but I, I don't oh, see, <laughs> I don't see any issue there with, um, with Martial. He's going to, you know, he's been our best player the last, um, certainly from an attacking point of view over the last month or so, and he's getting his consistency now. So bringing in another player like Sanchez, I think, on the other side, or even, uh, you know, a striker or number ten, I think his his position isn't isn't under threat in any way. So I can't see any any issue there at all. I don't know, do you? feel the same or you think that there's a threat to Martial's place uh, I mean I'd say at the minute there's more of a threat to Rashford's place than Martial surely you know Martial is the one who's in great scoring form what is that three goals in his last straight three league games yeah. he's looking on fire I, I get really kind of bummed out when I listen to some of the on Monday Night Football yeah. against Stoke a couple of weeks ago the analysis from people like Neville seemed to be he just needs to give that extra 5-10% in order to get to the top level well that kind of to me, detracts from the level he's currently at now, which is excellent for a player of his age. You know, he's not posting world record numbers, don't get me wrong, but he's playing absolutely wonderful football at the moment, scoring great goals, and he's a constant threat. He is arguably the most talented attacker that we have at the club in terms of an absolute all-rounder. He can dribble, he can pass, and he can shoot. And he just makes us so much more exciting and wonderful to watch. And I, th- I don't necessarily think that gets enough credit. In terms of how that will work with Sanchez, I think Sanchez is arguably variable enough in terms of where he can play that it shouldn't really matter too much. And I think we can chop and change with positions as, you know, <laughs> our front three or four have attended to float around over the last six months anyway. So I'm not really too worried about that. And I think for Rashford, this isn't going to be too much of a problem realistically for him either. And I think Rashford particularly needs a bit of a rest. I think maybe a little bit of competition for another place might do him some good too. I think United now have got options and I don't think it really is going to pose a massive problem to either Martial or Rashford long-term that Sanchez is there. Quick thing actually to mention before we round off for this first half is the intensely annoying rumours surrounding the return of uh, one Cristiano Ronaldo. Yes, very annoying and it's um, yeah, it's just, it's just tiresome, isn't it? And he's also going to leave Madrid one day, but the ship has sailed sort of so far so far in the distance you can't even see the ship. It's just, you know, we don't want him anywhere near the club. Well, I certainly don't because it'd just be a complete, it'd be a nightmare. He would be an absolute egomaniac, I think, in terms of um, everything would be a revolve around him and it, the team spirit could well be, you know, certainly suffer in the short term and, you know, possibly terminally. And I'd, he's... Still a fantastic player. I'm sure he'd, he would, or the club would love it for the from a marketing point of view, and he would no doubt do some great things on the pitch. But just it's just tiresome having it back and again, and just because Madrid are uh, in a poor way at the moment, it, it comes back into focus. So I just think, yeah, let's um let's not talk of his um his returning and just think about him the first time he was at United and think of those happy memories and not sort of sully it with um thoughts that he could come back. Mm. I mean, just to add some further context to it, he'd left nine years ago this summer. Nine! Wow. And at 80, a no, long time yeah, ago. 80 million nine years ago. It felt like a lot at the time, but yeah, they got a steal really for considering the numbers he's put up since. And Funny character, I think, and he unsettles clubs, but it's, it would be a bit of a 
bit of a struggle having him back, and I don't think it'd be the right move. So as I say, don't go back, and hopefully, hopefully we don't, which I'm sure I don't think we would now. I think we'd turn it down; it'd be too expensive. No, I think even the price, even if the price wasn't necessarily an issue, I think you look at the fact that we've just bought Alexis Sanchez, we've got Martial, we've got Rashford, and we spent. Gosh, how much was it? 65, 70 million pounds on Lukaku? I forget the fees these days <laughs> last summer. There's an argument to say that we don't need Ronaldo in the team right now. And we spent last season beholden to a striker who is in his mid-30s. And yeah, Zlatan scored a lot of goals for us last season. We wouldn't have won half as many games as we did. And he was vital to us in the League Cup campaign and pretty much throughout the entire season but we still had to play a certain way to accommodate him. Ronaldo is now getting to that stage where we would have to play to accommodate him to a certain extent than if he would just be able to be a key component of the side. You have to build the team around him, and I don't think that suits United. I think United now need to have a cast of characters who can slot together and make something happen as opposed to filling in around one player. You know, we've done that so much over the last few years, and I really don't want to go back to that. And as you said... Raging ego maniac Ronaldo only ever brings this stuff up when he's feeling upset about a flipping new contract at Real. We've seen it happen so much. He plays on this emotion that United have for him so frequently, and I'm glad to see that doesn't really seem to be any proper or what's the word I'm searching for here realistic approach from United to actually bring him back because I don't think it's necessary. I don't think we need him back on a playing perspective anymore. And I think he's just played this hand far too often and played this card far too often to the point where it just doesn't really have any effect anymore. United have moved on and I think maybe he should too. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you can see by you know his family settled where it is. He's, he's really going to move, really going to want to move from Madrid back to, to Manchester and uproot his family. And, you know, it's just... It's, just not going to happen I, I just really can't see I think maybe he'll have a couple of years or a year maybe in America or something like that just as a you could see him moving there possibly to sort of wind down but you know then again you could probably see well he'll stay in Madrid until the end of his career so I just think these links just come up every year it's an easy link isn't it and it's easy for him to play off it like you say to get a big new contract and you know if anything if we're going to be doing business with Madrid it's to get you know midfield or maybe Tony Cruz something like that and try and ward them off from getting David De Gea, which again, I think has come up as a possible room in the last um, few weeks again. But again, the only reason we'd want to deal with uh, with Madrid is if we're getting Tony Cruz and he, they can keep off De Gea, who seems happier than ever. But we'll um, wait and see if the fax machines get um, whirring again in the summer. <laughs> yeah, I guess we will. Uh, if you want any more thoughts on Ronaldo, segue, 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 I wrote a piece that I thought was all right on www.redvoices.net if you'd like to give that a read, because I'm quite chuffed with it, and maybe you will be too. Anyway, James, thank you very much for your company, my friend. We'll leave it there for the first half of this week's pod. Uh, I'll go grab Rich and go watch some football and talk about it. Good evening, Rich. 4-0. That was all right. Uh, describe to me that opening 15 minutes as uh, playing like drunken sloths, which I thought was quite apt. I'm not taking credit for that, of course. But yeah, pretty accurate. It took us a little while to get going, and it had the feel of an FA Cup tie in which Yeovil were fully up for it, biting into challenges to the fact that Rojo got a challenge against him that earned him booking within the first 30 seconds. Wow, that was impressive. It wasn't great. It, it did have a feeling of an awkward evening, and I guess the fact that we navigated it quite carefully and you know with with our first four goal haul since uh, late November against Watford a pretty encouraging night's work 
as the game wore on, you know, the space was there for us to counterattack and show what we can do. And I think we definitely did that. You know, you look at the substitutions that we made, all three had a really positive impact. But I think before we get onto that, let's uh, let's discuss the man who was wearing the number seven shirt tonight. His first proper game for United. Sorry, his first game of any description for United. Yeah. Uh, probably not the most lavish of circumstances to make United debut, i.e. Yeovil away in the FA Cup fourth round. Yeah. But still, a pretty good evening's work for Sanchez on his first night in a United shirt. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a useful exercise. It just, uh, you know, it provided a relatively soft environment for him just to bed in. You know, he's only trained, what's he trained, a couple of days with, with the team. So I think it was just really a case of getting him on the pitch and, you know, just getting him up to speed with, with what's up, what's required of him. It's interesting watching him, actually, because I guess when, when, when players play for other teams, you, you watch them, you see them, you but you don't really intently watch their game as closely as you do when it's when it's a United player. And so it's interesting that, I saw a stat that Sanchez has given the ball away more than any other player in the Premier League this season. You can kind of see why, because he has two things. He either gives the ball away or he does something absolutely amazing. There's only two outcomes of anything he does. And obviously the fact that he does enough amazing things means that he's well worth having in the side. And I think it just he just adds a fear, another an extra fear factor to, to the team that we haven't necessarily had. We certainly didn't have under LVG and obviously Pogba and um, one or two other players of perhaps brought that back a little but he's another one who I think teams will think you know start to look at our front sort of four or five and actually be quite afraid of it I mean we, we won't we won't talk about the fact you had to delete a significant amount of the last pod because I was absolutely adamant that, that Sanchez wasn't coming to United um, <laughs> but but damn damn it was wonderful now he's here hmm it's good isn't it um there's yeah. definitely something to the Beebs uh, analysis of saying that he will give United better decision making in the final third. We are breaking forward like that, and they did pull up a couple of notable uh, examples from the Burnley game. And I think the Kaku is definitely going to benefit from that because God, how many times have we seen in the last few months he's been wide open and people just haven't passed to him? Mm. I think back to that Leicester game. Yeah. My good grief, how many times did we muck up in the final third and we could have killed that game off? Sanchez chose the right yeah. options pretty much every time. You know, the passing wasn't always stellar, but he chose the right passes. You know, and speaking of the goals as well, you know, he was at the heart for the first two that he was on the pitch for. You know, he passed on to Rashford. Admittedly, very, very fortuitous to get that goal, but I think Rashford's yeah. earned that bit of luck. You know, he hit the woodwork twice in the last round and so, so indebted to the Oval's defence there for basically parting the sea and he just smashed it straight in, which is great because even tonight there were a couple of instances where essentially he was just waiting to pull the trigger and I think it took until yeah. that moment where the ball basically bounced for him so kindly that he was able just to smash it into the net that actually... It allowed him to unfurl a little bit, if that makes sense. Because once the game progressed and he got a little bit more space, he seemed a lot more confident. And he looked like he was actually going to do more. And he was sh- shooting at the right time for the first time in a good few weeks. It was a goal that really sort of showcased the, the two sides of, of Marcus Rashford lately. The, the positive and the negative. The negative is that you know the, the frustrating number of times he kind of runs runs directly into a pack of three or four defenders and gets dispossessed. And that is essentially what happened. But on the flip side, he he didn't give up chasing the ball whereas some some strikers would have done and ultimately he earned the goal because he kept going you know there's he he slowed when he was tackled but then he immediately you see he got his head down and absolutely sprinted after that ball so to a degree i mean it was it was poverty defending but he he completely deserved deserved the luck in the defender you know dallying for so long mm-hmm. i hope it raises his confidence now because he's been as you say he's been, he does so much right but then he, he just seems to struggle with the final decision doesn't he this final shot or getting the shot away or the, or a pass or or whatever else and he just needs to 
get that decisiveness back into his game that he's been missing f- for a while. You know, hopefully that that goal that goal will help. I'm not convinced he'll be starting on on Wednesday. I think if we can get Rashford back to sort of his higher, you know, his top levels of, of potential, then we've really got some serious options in that attacking, you know, in that attacking third going forward. Gosh, we have, haven't we? And also really nice to see Ander get his first goal of the season. I think that is now as well. Lovely low finish after Sanchez's pass drilled into the bottom row. As you said, the scourge of Yeovil. <laughs> is, You're proud it? of that, yeah, weren't you? You're really the, proud of that. I, I love the way that I love the way that and Herrera could be, he could. I bet I bet he I bet he knee slides when he when he scores in training. I reckon he could score against the dog and duck, and he and he'd do an enormous knee slide into the into the crowd in inverted commas and 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 rah at them. He, he just he just he seems to obviously doesn't do very much. But he's one of those people that just absolutely explodes when he scores goals. You know, that wouldn't have done him any harm um, either because his shooting in general has been pretty abject for quite a long time. Well, admittedly, he doesn't tend to find himself in the box very often. So, you know, in those no. sort of areas, I would expect him to at least get something on target. It's outside the box where you've really got to worry with Ander because he has no sat-nav, essentially, when it's out of the box. It just does not work. But no, um, you know, some really good substitutions in that second half. You know, Mata was doing some decent work and he came off for Lukaku. Nice to see him get the fourth from Rojo's incredible cross. I still don't know what Rojo was doing in the opposition penalty area in any other circumstance that wasn't a set piece, but fair enough. Great cross and another tap finish for Lukaku to get his 17th of the season. Always nice to see because he had a really good effect on coming on. And Lingard... With just a pretty stranded goal for him, wasn't it? Just another dribble and a last shot into the bottom corner. You know what more can you say about him now? No, we need to ask the kids what his what his latest celebration was. Then I can pretend that I know what it was on Twitter and talk about it. I have no interest so, in doing that whatsoever. <clears throat> no, I mean it was it was a really good goal, wasn't it? You know he's clearly playing with a huge amount of confidence. His dribbling and his dribbling at speed has improved so much. He almost floats with the ball at his feet now. And he's obviously going at a fair crack. And I think the difference we've seen in the last few months compared to his United career to that point is, is really, the apart from that, that step up in his technical quality is just is the decisiveness of his finishing. You know, he's always been one who scored the odd, you know, he scored the odd special goal, but he, he didn't score enough. He didn't finish well enough, enough. And that's really where he's turned his game. And it was another really, really crisp you know, powerful hit that the goalie couldn't even see. You know, so it's just uh, just a nut, another really really high quality goal from a guy who's clearly stepped up about four gears this season. Gosh, he really has. I mean, it's been lovely to watch him. Can I think I think it described best as he's playing with such a swagger at the moment. There's such an inherent confidence in everything that he's doing when he's got the ball at his feet that it almost doesn't come as a surprise when that goal, that sort of goal, goes in. You know, it's a wonderful shot and run and that's now becoming pretty standard for him which is wonderful you know i'm fully fully on board with it and you know it rounded up well i say rounded off the carcass goal was forced but a really great evening's work you know you look at the scoreline and i know you could look at that game you know you think back to smith and so on these chances in the first half either those goes in then we're looking at a slightly different circumstance because you'd imagine that sort of goal really buoys the home crowd gives you something to fight for something to scrap for and you know set of yeah, completely different set of circumstances. But, you know, we rode that out. Romero wasn't really hugely troubled pretty much beyond that. And, you know, yeah. say passes through to the fifth round, you know, who knows what's going to come next. But a pretty solid evening's work. And, you know, you look at the fact that we're able to rest Martial, Valencia and Pogba, none of whom travelled as far as I was aware. And Matic didn't have to play any part in it today. 
that's excellent. You know, those are three players who are almost definitely going to start at Wembley on Wednesday night. So four players that are going to start on Wednesday at Wembley. So that's great that they've been able to get a rest. And also great that McTominay got some minutes. Great to see Carrick back in the game as well, played the 490. And he looked looked like he barely missed a beat, really, didn't he? You know, he was very, very calm, controlled the game particularly well. Great to see. And Angel Gomez with a really nice couple of minutes and almost scored with an absolute wonder goal towards the end. Yeah, I'm I'm fully on the on the Angel Gomez bandwagon. Are you getting on there now just because you missed the Jesse one? So... No, 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 no. I, I I've been I've been a I've been an Angel Gomez fanboy for quite some time, and I, I think he's the absolute works. If you watch a lot of the youth games, he's steps ahead of most other players on the pitch. As you, I mean, you could see from that little cameo, couldn't you? And he's incredibly, <clears throat> incredibly confident as well. But 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 just extre- exceedingly gifted. Really, not afraid to go at players. He's a really really good player, and it'd be interesting to see what we do with him because obviously, if he's just ha- hanging around the fringes of the first team, I'm probably training with them and get, getting a few minutes here and there. What I said, ultimately won't develop him enough, and it'd be interesting to see where we go from go from here with him. But he's taken until. Is Tuanzo is Tuanzo be nineteen or twenty? I forget, but you know, I, I think he he's a guy who could probably have um, done with a loan, maybe at the start of the season at the least. He's kind of not wasted six months, but he's not really got the exposure that we kind of hoped he would have done. It'd just be interesting to see what we do with Angel Gomez because it needs to be the right environment for him to him to develop. But I, I can see by the time he's eighteen or nineteen, you know, we could have a, a really really special potential player on our hands there. Another one, and we really will have some obscene attacking options to choose from. Yeah, it'd be pretty good. I wouldn't say no to that, <laughs> considering that our right back options beyond Valencia don't seem to be too stellar. Because people, I don't know if you noticed, were not particularly happy Jesus. with Damian's performance tonight. <laughs> Honestly, he was toilet, wasn't he? I don't, I don't understand what's happened to him. He plays for Italy, and he's actually a pretty competent right, right back, straight right wing back. Honestly, for United, I mean, he didn't even find his level tonight, did he? He was the one guy. I mean, Lindelof, Lindelof looked a bit shaky, shaky. Yeah. in the uh, in the early stages, particularly. I think Lindelof looked quite shaky, but he kind of got himself together as the game wore on. I mean, you know, he's, he's much happier on the ball once he's overall tired. He wasn't quite under the same pressure that he had been in the early on, so he was able really to stroke the passes about um Darby and just didn't ever look comfortable with what he was doing at any point and I appreciate his confidence is very very low but it's, it, it it just seems to me that it's a shame that we didn't keep Tuanzebi around and and perhaps try and move Darby on somewhere Tuanzebi could have played tonight he's a I mean he's, he's not he's not a right back but he's played for at right back for United and I think he's a good enough athlete and he's technically good enough to do a job in there and I can't see him being any more any worse than Darmian has been in the last four or five months. But having said that, you know, he may go to Villa and play every week and really, really kick on and, and that may be a really good a really good move for him. So you know, you remember remember at the end of the um season before last when I said I I, I didn't want to see Rocco in a uh, United shirt anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <clears throat> I I admit I was perhaps a little hasty there, although the the change in him didn't happen until we moved to centre back because he is a horrific left back. This is true. Yeah, I'll give you the backing on that one. I'm kind of getting to the point with Darmian now where I just, I'm just, I just wish to go away. Rich, Rich, I'm going to stop you there because it's been a happy week and you're bumming me the hell out. So we're going to no, talk no, I was, about I was, that. I was about to say, no, I was about to say that it would be really good next year if, <laughs> if the, um, Timothy Fossimenta comes back, get rid of Darmian, get Timothy Fossimenta back into, into the squad and have two ends over back again and we'll, you know, we'll have some really decent options at the back and in the fullbacks. So yeah, I mean, it's all good, all good for, for the future, isn't it? Yeah, I wouldn't say no, that'd be brilliant. 
Um, let's have a quick think about what's happening on Wednesday off on our first uh, game, a trip to Wembley for a domestic game for some time. That'll be an interesting one. Uh, Spurs not exactly in terrible form, but last game was a, a draw at uh, St. Mary's against Southampton. How do you see that going? I said Ericsson was missing at Southampton, and I think he's a, he's a really big player for how they play and their creativity. Now, to be honest, I, I listened to it on the radio, but I wasn't entirely sure why Ericsson was missing, whether he was injured or, or suspended. If he doesn't play against United, that's a really big bonus for us, and and we could you know certainly do something there if he's playing he's a lot a lot harder a lot harder to call but I mean you know our front four and five are playing with such you know such such confidence at the moment generally and freedom particularly if you chuck Sanchez in there as well I'm absolutely certain we, we can cause them problem and if we can if we can deal with Harry Kane I think we can certainly get something there he's a certain done no but but if you know we've, we've been defending pretty well you know De Gea's had the most clean sheets of any goalkeeper in the top five leagues in Europe this season so you know, we're clearly doing something right defensively, even if it is just because De Gea is amazing or something. I don't know, but um, yeah, sure. You know, if we can if we can defend competently and, and to a degree keep Hurricane under under wraps, then we've certainly got the 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 players to do some damage at the other end. So it could ultimately be a really good game, and it'd be really nice after two two or three years where we've gone to Spurs and been absolutely appalling. I'm trying to remember now. Certainly, the last two visits to Spurs have been absolutely abysmal. We lost, we lost three 0 in LVG last season. Last season, and then obviously last year we played a slightly rotated side and lost that as well. So it would be really, really nice to go to Spurs, albeit at a different stadium, and and actually give them a humping. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's uh, six clean sheets in a row now as well. We haven't conceded a goal all month. So it'd be nice to cu- try and keep that record considering this is going to be our last yeah. game of January. So see how that pans out. It should be an interesting one for sure, but we'll leave it there for tonight. Rich, thanks for your company this evening. James, thanks for your company earlier on, even though you can't hear me because it's a podcast. Don't forget, you can get us all over the internet. You can get me at you and Lennox. You can get Rich at RichieCan76. You can get James at writtenoff underscore MUFC. And you can get the pod at, at RedVoicesMUFC and our blog at www.redvoices.net. Guys, have yourself a superb week. Take care of yourselves. Good night. Good night.